My name is Rob Katz. I'm the CEO of Val Resorts, and I want to welcome you to Epic by Nature. Around the world, across all of our resorts, we have employees who are experiencing their own epic journeys. Employees who are the heroes of their own stories, who constantly challenge themselves to give more, to do more, to be more. We developed this podcast so that we can share their journeys and the journeys of our guests, our mountains, and our communities, all of which are truly epic by nature. We have to be ambitious and we have to be accountable to one another as a team. We're together in this as a community, as a mountain, as a resort network, and it just makes me feel part of something bigger. I want to win, but more than that, way more than that. I want my team to win. We have always been very innovative and I think that is why we are leaders. I found that there was a much greater value in we than in me. In 2010, our company had five resorts, four in Colorado and one in Tahoe. Today, we have 20 resorts across 10 states and three countries. Every time we announce an acquisition, there is much written about the backstory on each one. We talk a great deal about the previous owner, the terms of the transaction, and how we hope the new resort will help our company. We select our resorts because of their unique offerings for an enhanced and differentiated experience for our guests, because of their geographic diversity and proximity to specific markets, and because they are well-run, profitable businesses. And we want our resorts to be aligned and be part of the same Vail Resorts team. We celebrate how unique each resort is and how being great teammates with our other resorts makes them stronger. Like for any individual, success does not come from needing to go your own way because you're unique. It comes from leveraging how unique you are to drive collective success. The mountain resort industry faces a number of very daunting challenges. How do we protect our sport, our industry, and our communities in the face of climate change? For us, it's by joining together, using our geographic diversity to protect us from regional weather variations, using the diversity of the guest experience offered by our resorts to transform the industry with the Epic Pass, and using the incredible breadth and diversity of our talent to reimagine the mountain resort experience with technological innovations and developing best-in-class approaches to our operations and most importantly, leadership development. That's why we seek out acquisition opportunities. But what about the how? How do we actually bring a new resort in to be part of our company? We thought it would be interesting to talk to the people who have been responsible for doing just that. Being part of a resort that gets acquired is incredibly challenging. There are so many changes that take place. New systems, new technology, new processes, and new people. But it's also quite challenging being responsible for bringing a new resort into the fold. Tim April, our chief information officer was on his first day back from a month-long sabbatical 
when he received word that Vail Resorts was going to acquire Whistler Blackcomb. At the time, Tim was a vice president in our IT department and had overseen a number of our resort acquisitions. And so my phone started blowing up at about 5.30 in the morning with texts that this announcement had occurred. Um, I'd been away from the office for a month without any access to my phone, to email, to anything, and came in for an 8 a.m. meeting. And that's when I was notified that I would be running the integration program. Tim was the lead integration program manager for the Whistler Black Home integration. Tim understands, perhaps better than anyone, the unique complexities of running an integration program and he also appreciates why, despite the challenges, we do it anyway. An integrated ecosystem allows us to share services and processes across the entire company to just be a more efficient operation. And it allows us to innovate at a faster rate. When we wanna make a capital investment to improve a process or improve a guest service, and the entire network benefits immediately from it, the ROI on those investments is much more substantial than having to develop 10 or 15 different solutions for 10 or 15 different resorts. Another tremendous benefit of a tightly integrated ecosystem is our sharing of guest data. So all of the guest data that we collect at our resorts comes into a centralized data warehouse. And then that in turn enables us to understand our guests and their behavior across all of our resorts so that we can personalize their experience both in our marketing and in resort when they come visit our resorts. So how do we integrate a resort? Well, most importantly, we are not really integrating the resort itself. The mountain stays just where it is. Its trails and vertical drop unaffected. The real change happens with people. And we start with welcoming the new employees to our company. It's here that HR plays a critical role, introducing people to our culture and reassuring them that we have their interests at heart. And of course, we need to ensure they are accurately enrolled in our systems so they get paid on time and get the benefits our company provides. David Gannick is Vice President of Business HR for the Mountain Division. David's first job with the company was at Vail Mountain scanning lift tickets in the 99-2000 ski season. We had to work at that point nine hours a week to get my employee pass. And so I was doing that for nine hours a week and managing a deli in the Vail Valley. Uh, in that year was able to, you know, ski 80 days or so. So that was my first year with the company. And therefore my employee ID number is, is way old. Um, <laughs> makes me look like I've been here for 20 years. David left that job in 2000 and rejoined the company in 2010 as the senior manager of benefits and has been involved in over 15 integrations since. Once the deal is announced, then we pull together a team of, from HR uh, we share as much information as we've learned about the resort, about their benefits, about their compensation, everything we, we can share about, about the resort. We typically have uh, limited information during the initial due diligence and then upon um, announcement, then we get access to more people and more information to start digging in and we spend however much time we have until close. That's as short as 30 days trying to figure out what we didn't know to ensure that on day one, when we have to hire every single employee, when we have to iron on every single employee, that day one is as smooth as possible. So the employees 
are not actually our employees until 12.01 on day one. So it really is the morning of day one. We start as early as possible. And for those people who have a eight o'clock shift, we're trying to get them in there at seven to get what they need to get done to ensure that they can run the lifts and they can operate the restaurants uh, and support our guests. Uh, so it is a very fast turnaround. Having done these a few times, David and his team have built a playbook, a guide of how to run these assessments. I think in the beginning, we were a little bit winging it in terms of putting all the various expertise together into a cohesive plan. Uh, and now we have a pretty strong playbook. We have you know, up to eight hours worth of questions we can ask and everything related to HR. And then from that point forward, we start asking the, the hundreds and hundreds of questions to understand how this integration is gonna work. We need to understand their systems, their processes, their policies, and understand how they're all gonna map. For the employees joining our company, there is usually a lot of emotion involved. No one likes change, and moving to a new company involves a lot of new things. Made particularly hard when it's not you who changed companies. The company changed around you. In addition to learning different logistics, it can feel like a loss of identity. People invest quite a bit in the places they work, especially in the mountain resort industry. When you work for Breckenridge, or Park City, or Crested Butte, that becomes part of who you are. When Vail Resorts becomes the resort's new owner, that can cause a bit of an identity crisis. And for the HR teams on the ground, this is something they have to work through. And that's not an exact science, and the playbook can't have all the answers. So the interesting thing about integrating Sunapee, Okemo, and Crested Butte was it was the first time that we had to have multiple teams out at multiple locations running the same process. And so there was a lot of coordination. We pulled uh, a lot deeper from the organization. We pulled a lot more from our field resources and asked people to, to step into roles that they hadn't done before. Exciting for those individuals, but also we were now having people out there who, who hadn't been in that position. Um, and there's everything from the tactical, what do you need to know to actually bring someone on, as well as the emotional aspect, right? There's, a, there's an emotion for those who are being integrated um, and understanding how to navigate that. And um, having not had the experience, yeah, it created some, some challenges and also some new development opportunities for individuals. One of the questions we often get asked is why not create a dedicated team for integrations? Why leverage people working in other parts of the organization? For one, we never know when the next acquisition will come. And we don't want folks sitting around waiting. More importantly, we have folks helping with the integration who actually know how our operations work. They understand what it's like to work for or support one of our resorts. So most of the people who are asked to participate in the HR integration are also asked to continue to, to manage their day job. It is a ton of stress, but still it is exciting. You're growing the organization, it is quarter our strategy, uh, and people are excited about being a part of it. And there's day-to-day -day work that needs to be done. And so uh, we have to constantly help people navigate what the priority is and what they need to stop doing. And so there, so there certainly is a ripple effect on the organization in terms of where things get deprioritized as we're focused on bringing a new resort on. It's challenging and integrations don't always go as planned, but sometimes it all comes together and there is a connection and alignment. And it's those moments that David relishes the most. And in fact, 
one resort that we saw, you know, with Stowe, they were coming from a insurance company to join a ski company. They had the AIG dress code. They wore khakis and button downs. And in one of our first meetings with them, employee meetings, the last question was from this this woman who, you know, raised her hand and said, so I, I noticed that you were both wearing jeans. Does that mean that we get to wear jeans? Uh, and when Blaze uh, promptly responded, yes, there was a cheer in the crowd. One of our biggest challenges during an integration is in product sales. Every guest interacts with product sales, often multiple times during a visit. As Tim mentioned, it's critical to get everyone on one system. But changes in product setup or purchase process can be quite hard, as when guests are ready to make a purchase, they rightfully don't want to wait or deal with hassles. Anne Minahan, product sales director at Keystone, explains. Product sales is basically ticket sales, pass sales, ski school sales, call center functions, anything that we're using as a system to access the mountain. Anne joined Keystone in 1996 in lift operations before moving into product sales in 2001. Anne leads the product sales best practice group across the resorts and has been involved in leading integrations for PSS for over 11 resorts. So when we do an integration for product sales, we're looking at their ticket sales, their ski school sales system, but we're also looking at their process and looking at um, how they're selling their lift tickets and how they're selling their ski school. So we'll go in and the majority of the time, it's ripping out their current system and putting our RPOS guest connect in. I would have to say that a lot of times it's probably one of the most uncomfortable processes to go through for a new resort. Anne and her team work hard to get the right systems and processes in place and make sure the staff at the resorts are trained and prepared for opening day. And despite the best planning, Sometimes small changes can cause long lines until a new process gets worked out. And sometimes the snow rolls in early and even the best laid plans are subject to change. We had just arrived on site for the Afton Alps integration opening day. It was a couple of days prior and we were you know, finishing up um, last minute training, testing of products and the day before opening, we get a call that Mount Brighton had pushed up their opening two weeks and was going to be opening on that Monday. This was a Friday. We were not ready for Mount Brighton to open. Products weren't set up, nothing had been tested. So we opened Afton Alps. Half of the team left that morning straight to Mount Brighton to start working on getting everything ready. The other half of the team supported Afton for their opening day and about three o'clock in the afternoon, we left. The poor resort <sighs> opened, gave them a little bit of support and then we all had to run off to Mount Brighton to try to get them open in two days with no products, no staff, <laughs> no training. <laughs> That was probably the most stressful integration to go through. And we pulled it off. I don't know how we pulled it off. Marketing is another area where getting aligned can be challenging. While some people view our epic paths 
as something that can stand alone, it's really highly integrated with the design and pricing of all of our Lyft Access products, like Lyft tickets. And all of those products are sold online through a common digital platform. Ensuring all of that is in balance and working is no easy task, especially when you are rushing to opening day. It takes a lot of coordination among many teams within our organization, and there is so much interdependency that teamwork is not a luxury, it's a requirement. Kieran Kane, currently Vice President Resort Marketing, wasn't drawn into our industry necessarily by the sport or by the mountains. What drew Kieran in was our mission. My background is in marketing, my background's in branding. My whole life has been around sort of promoting and selling an experience. Kieran reflects on a moment last year leading into opening day at Stevens Pass, Cresta Butte, Okemo, and Mount Sunapee, where the teams had to come together and work in an aligned way like they never had before. There was a moment where I think my heart stopped and we broke out in a cold sweat. We had to shut down a lot of the e-commerce platforms in order to switch over to our new websites. There was a downstream effect on fulfilling orders that had been taken and how would they be filled in our new systems in order to get guests what they needed to show up on opening day, right? And throughout all of that, somehow in the mix got lost of like, oh, we will be shutting down all the ability to buy any product for any of the resorts uh, like the month before they open. And it was that realization that was like, holy smokes, how did this happen? <laughs> I actually had to go to some of the EC and say, we're at risk of not being able to sell any season passes uh, for the year ahead for these four new resorts. We most likely won't have many products available for sale even by opening day. We actually had to put everybody in a room and map out there's five different teams, right? It involves, uh, and probably more, I, from IT to Senres to marketing to PSS, you name it, and a couple others thrown in in between. Everybody put up at the same time, <laughs> what is your project plan? What are your timelines? Let's merge all the timelines together with the project team into a master combined timeline and illustrate all the codependencies that need to happen. Long story short, it was the world's biggest case of uh, cross team dominoes coming together. Fortunately, the teams were able to get products sold at each of the new resorts for the upcoming season. But the toll it takes for many at the resort is very real. Managing that dynamic is the GM or COO for the new mountain. Often, after an acquisition, we put a new person in to run the resort. It's not easy making a leadership change, but it can be critical for folks to have a leader who understands the ins and outs of Vail Resorts and our leadership culture, and it can greatly accelerate and ease the integration process. Doug Perini was the GM of Kirkwood before taking over as the COO of Okemo with oversight over our entire Northeast region. The day I arrived in the Northeast, it was, uh, it was exciting, really exciting, but also unnerving a little bit. There was a lot of, I guess, some tension in the air. The team that I met first at Okemo, they were all very gracious and welcoming. And at the same time, you could see no one really knew what was next and they were looking for answers. They were looking for, you know, just something to reassure them that we got this. We had, you know, a month and a half to integrate the resort. <laughs> there was a lot that needed to be done before opening day. And everyone had that 
small look of panic in their eyes, like, how are we going to do this? So it, I think pretty much every system changed on them. And I, <laughs> I use this metaphor at some point where it's as if you are a carpenter and someone took your tool belt away and then gave you the tool belt without any tools in it and started handing you one tool at a time and said, okay, go do your job, here's a hammer. But you have nothing else, you know, and, and you keep getting one new tool at a time, but you don't know how to do your job without all your tools. So that was really challenging for everybody there. And I don't even think there's a how to get through that the easy way, there's no silver bullet. It's just doing the work and supporting each other and figuring it out and, and you get there, eventually you get there. It is a great metaphor and one that I've used often since hearing it from Doug. The folks who work at our resorts are artisans, and during the integrations, we are taking away their tools for a period of time. We like to think we are giving them back more powerful tools and tools that will constantly get better, but it's tough to do your best work without your tools. And it's not just our resort folks who are anxious about losing their tools. Our folks at corporate have their own jitters, Kieran describes the scene in Broomfield. Opening day is traditionally a big one for us. I remember distinctly on opening day this last season, there was a conference room taken over called affectionately the War Room, right? Where uh, all members of all teams were circled around phones and computers and just like watching for things to go wrong across all the different resorts as they're opening, right? Uh, one by one by one, we've got teams on the ground. We need this, this product isn't for sale. This is happening. Oh, there's all these people showing up with this sort of problem. Quick, like let's mobilize and see what we can orchestrate across regions is very complex. Um, you know, I think what weighed heavily a lot on my mind uh, as we were going into opening day was uh, some of the decisions and the prioritizations we had to make had a material impact on the on the ground frontline staff. And what does that all feel like on the ground at the resort? Let's say a resort you've worked at for 16 years, a resort that was bigger than any other in North America. Matt Davies is the Senior Director of Product Sales and Service and Summer Business Development at Whistler Blackhome. Matt remembers opening day after the Whistler Blackhome integration. We knew, okay, it's going to be bumpier. Let's get open earlier than we normally would to, to get people's passes into their hands, deal with any issues that will crop up. And it very quickly became evident something had gone quite wrong when all of a sudden the lineups in the guest services offices started blowing out the doors of people asking, where's my pass? So that was, uh, you know, that was a, a tough one when we realized there's something wrong here and now I have to go dig in, figure out what it is that's gone wrong and then assess the magnitude to understand, okay, how many, how many people are impacted by this? You know, what is this going to mean for our guests? Born in Scotland, Matt's family discovered Whistler when he was eight. The early memories of, uh, of my childhood skiing would be skiing with my dad and all of his friends at Whistler. And they would use me as the tester. So if something needed to be skied, they'd, just have, they'd tell me to go down it. And if I made it down okay, then they would know that it's okay to ski. Matt started out with a summer job at Summit Cycles Bike Shop when he was 16, before eventually accepting a job in 2000 running multiple rental shops for the resort and working his way up to his current position. Matt recalls when the acquisition of Whistler Blackhome was announced. Wow, like absolutely 
that rocked our worlds. Um, you know, Vail Resorts had always been sort of our number one competitor, right? We got up in the morning and competing with Vail Resorts was just one of the things that was, you know, one of the things that got us out of bed every day. And uh, to hear that Vail Resorts has purchased or has entered into a purchase agreement with Whistler Blackcomb, holy cow. Um, I didn't sleep very much that night after uh, after I got that news, just, you know, tossing and turning and just processing the, what does this mean? The acquisition of Whistler Blackcomb was by far the largest and most ambitious of any of our integrations. And it came with a host of challenges that were new for many of our folks, especially now that you're mixing U.S. dollars and Canadian dollars in the same ski season. Angela Korch, Vice President of Finance, joined Vail Resorts in 2010, and like David Gannick, has also been involved in at least 15 integrations. Angela oversees finance for both the mountain and corporate functions, and is therefore uniquely placed to understand the financial considerations of an integration. We get involved from planning. So figuring out what our integration budgets need to be, thinking about how we're gonna get financials integrated into our system, figuring out how we're going to do payments to our vendors and collections and all those shared services that, that our um, finance and accounting groups provide. I think what's critical for us to get right in any acquisition is to make sure that we're providing information that can help people make decisions. And so whether it's the operational team and getting their daily and their weekly reporting so they understand what's happening with our results, and then making sure we also have a, a viewpoint on those trends and how it impacts our broader guidance. For Whistler, I think we, we did not have any of our reporting really scalable for currency. So every single aspect of the integration was much more challenging. We had the way we purchase, the way we pay our vendors, every single integration with a system had to make sure we were thinking about currency which was not something we had done well before. We actually had to restructure the whole way we do our financials ERP system. And so every single person in our organization was actually touched by that uh, and had to have new training, new procedures, new process put in place to make sure we were actually thinking about everything from a local currency perspective. This is something that will be important for us to remember as we integrate Hotham, False Creek, and Perisher in Australia. Not only were there complications that bubbled up at Whistler due to currency, but because Whistler was so large and so successful, in many cases they had systems that were more advanced than our own. On the face of it, some might wonder, why not leave the existing Whistler system in place? Well, then the resort couldn't talk to any of our other systems, and it would be quite challenging to get season passes and lift tickets to work at Whistler. What about adopting the Whistler system for all of Vail Resorts? Well, that would mean instead of integrating a new system just at Whistler, we would be doing it across 15 resorts. But sometimes that turned out to be the right approach. Tim April highlights the difficult choices he had to make. Our traditional integration approach has been that we lead heavily with our systems and processes. 
we don't spend a lot of time going through an evaluation of the new resorts systems and processes. We pretty much implement ours. Given the success and the size of Whistler Blackcomb, uh, we spent a fair amount of time evaluating their tools and their processes to determine if there were new enterprise standards that we may want to deploy across all of Vail Resorts. So an example of that was their center reservations team and platform um, was quite successful and Entopia was the product they were using and, and we did decide to move forward with that as our new enterprise standard. And I think for for the Whistler Blackcomb team, um, given the pride that they had and what a successful business that they had built and just how much maturity that they had built into like, their systems and their processes and their people, they very much wanted us to adopt as much of what they had built as, as we possibly could. And the reality is we've built a very integrated ecosystem and it is very difficult to add new pieces and parts to it while you're also integrating a, a really, really large resort. Matt highlights some of the frustration of his colleagues at having to accept downgrading systems. We were uh, pretty, pretty quickly aware that the system that we would be operating on was an older version of what we had currently used. What was challenging was losing capability, right? That we, what we were moving to was an older, sort of a, a, a less developed version of the system that we used. But Matt understands the benefits. People, when they talk about the uh, the systems and the processes that we're integrating, we're all going on to these same systems processes, that it creates this homogeneity in the resorts, that we all become like each other. And that's just not the way it is. The systems and the processes are like the foundation of the house. You can pour a foundation of a house and build any kind of a house on top of it. And that's what the systems and processes are. They are absolutely invisible to our guests, right? Like what our guests are looking at is these, all of these other things that make up our character as a resort, you know? And I think that's the, the, the benefit, right? Is that we, we get those cost benefits. We can share best practices. We can align around, you know, what's the best way to get something done and yet still maintain our separate identities, right? That we're still completely different because the computer system that we work on is not what defines our culture. It's not what makes Whistler Black Home what it is. There's so many other things out there that make that. Of course, bringing our resort into our company doesn't just involve systems integrations. It is a cultural integration as well. And with both Perisher in Australia and Whistler Blackcomb in Canada, we learned that English is not always English. Matt explains the local differences. That was a challenge, I think, for both of us. And the challenge was that Canadians speak English, drive the same cars as Americans, eat hamburgers, right? On the surface, we're the same. Like there's just so, there's so few differences, but if one only looks at those similarities, you don't see that there's some differences, you know, so that that was part of the challenge. And, and you know, I think Rob's spoken to that, that, uh, you know, if we were in a completely different country that spoke a different language, there would have been this sort of hyper awareness to the cultural differences and that that probably wasn't focused on as much because of the similarities. 
They're small things. It's the way that we spell color is O-U-R instead of C-O-L-O-R. Just small differences in how we communicate in the metric system versus the imperial system. And boy, people like really latch on to those differences, right? David Gannick reflects on the lessons we learned on this. Along the way, in all of these integrations, you're making decisions about what's important and what's not. And so you have to, like like you do every day in work, you're prioritizing where you're spending your time. And we made a few missteps. And actually, the way it was received was that's incredibly important because it's showing that you're making the effort to integrate and that you're paying attention to cultural aspects. And so there were certainly items we we undervalued. And, you know, I think the the best thing that happened is as we built our relationship, we got that feedback. We got better transparency into to what really mattered. And of course, it's not just about the spelling. Empathy and consideration for what all our colleagues are going through during an integration is paramount. Integration is about change and helping people through that change is critical. When you're going through a change, you have a sense that you are the first one to go through it. But actually, there is a whole body of work on change management, and we try and prepare people for it. For instance, we tell folks to prepare for the Valley of Despair, a time period where they will think that everything is going wrong and all is lost. Everyone in the middle of a change goes through it, no matter how much preparation we have. But it is a valley, because you do come out the other side. We used to think this mainly applied to the folks at the acquired resorts, but we have learned that they are not the only ones going through a change. Tim explains. We had some great instructor-led classes that were completely focused on how to lead through change. One of the early pieces of feedback I got as the integration program manager was a question from Whistler Blackcomb around, are you actually sending the corporate integration team through the same change management course because occasionally when I'm interacting with the corporate team, it doesn't feel like they have the same degree of empathy that you're sharing through this change management class. And we'd never done that before. We'd never delivered change management training to our corporate teams uh, as a part of an integration program. And so we immediately took that feedback, my next trip back to corporate, and we spun up training classes within two weeks for our corporate groups with the intent of helping them understand and be more empathetic to what Whistler Blackham was going through. And in the very first class, one of the very first pieces of feedback from our corporate teams was, wait a minute, we actually need this change management training for the level of change that we're going through in corporate, given the size and impact that this integration program is having on us. And that was not something that we were prepared for. And so we quickly pivoted the classes for the corporate teams to help them through the change while also building empathy for their peers and Whistler Blackcomb. You might be wondering, this sounds like a lot of drama. Why go through it all? Well, in addition to all the systems benefits and the guest benefits from being on one platform, our resorts also have a chance to work collaboratively to improve, as Angela explains. One clear benefit we can get as we expand the network is we can establish clear benchmarks. And as we look at our capital that we spend across a huge portfolio now of assets, Coming up with the right way to actually allocate that capital is really important. And so for our major spending on maintenance, for instance, we can get down to how many hours on a cat are the right hours that we want for our grooming fleet. 
How efficiently can we do building maintenance across very different buildings, but have some common metrics that really can lend more credence and data to help us support where we should be spending our money. And beyond just spending, we can benchmark safety programs, guest service initiatives, marketing campaigns, dining offerings, rental programs. This is really where the whole can be greater than the sum of its parts. And none of that would be possible without bringing our resorts together. But that doesn't mean it's easy, Angela describes. Upon any announcement of a deal, I think there's definitely a jump in stress levels here at corporate. Everyone has done this now enough to know that there is a lot of work that goes along with trying to make sure that these come off successfully. And there's also a lot of pride. So I think there's a a pride of being part of something that's so important strategically to the company's growth. And embracing that tension has been key for our leaders like Angela and Kieran. You know what I love about integrations? The hard thing is they never go the same way twice. The fun thing is they never go the same way twice. Acquisitions are a core part of our strategy, but it's not just to get bigger. Most companies that just try to get bigger through acquisitions are doomed to failure. There is too much challenge and risk in each acquisition that if there is not a larger strategy, too much can go wrong. And after an acquisition, it would certainly be easier to simply leave each resort alone to do their own thing. Easier on the resort, easier on our folks at the corporate office. But then you're not a cohesive company. You're a collection of nice things. You're not a real team. We want to be one team, one team of superstar players, where the superstars actually play together. And that's not easy. Just ask a coach of any championship professional sports team. It's hard work. And that's why so many on our teams give so much to bring our entire company together. Makes me quite proud hearing their stories today. I want to sincerely thank every single person that has worked on one of our integrations and especially thank those of you in our corporate functions that have worked on so many. And of course, I want to recognize and thank today's guests, our brave leaders who have persevered with this work for so long. Tim April, David Gannick, Kieran Kane, Angela Korch, Doug Perini, Ann Minahan, and Matt Davies. If you have any feedback on today's podcast, please reach us at podcast at Thanks for listening.